All right, welcome to another episode of the Money Mitch Effect. This is going to be a fun show. Josh Wooden joining us again. Josh, thanks for coming on. We we got a lot to talk about. We do. Thanks for having me back. I'm looking forward to it and uh, looking forward to talking about some golf and some other sports. Yeah, we're going to get into the golf in just a few minutes. Uh, U.S. Open at Winged Foot coming up. Actually got a special guest for that as well. But before that, I just wanted to touch. Next week, we're going to dive into a lot more sports. But this is an insane time for the sporting world. September's never been and hopefully will never be this busy again. But we had the start of NFL season. College football is slowly coming back. Big Ten announcing today. Great announcement. Which you love to see. Hockey's down to three teams. Basketball to four. Golf, UFC, tennis. We had the U.S. Open final. I mean, I think I'm even leaving a few out. Baseball as well. But it's just uh, an incredible time for sports fans. It really is. And if you're not enjoying it out there, quarantine still at home I don't know what's wrong with you but uh, like you mentioned there's so much on the plate and hopefully the Pac-12 gets their act together and follows suit with the Big Ten uh, with their announcement today and um, personally I'm headed to Paris Monday so the French Open's right around the corner so it just keeps coming it's great yeah huge shout outs I want to say to Naomi Osaka that's her third major 3-0 and in finals still in her early 20s not her last spoiler alert there <laughs> Dominique team breaks through beats Verev in a five-set final it was a thriller they were exhausted at the end a lot of craziness there but team holds on there uh definitely shout out to them uh, the Big Ten you mentioned I just want to say I'm, I'm pumped obviously as an Ohio State fan that they're back but also it's going to be tough to, and they're going to have to be, they're going to have to adhere to the strictest protocol by far, 5% uh, positivity rate, and they shut everything down. A player tests positive 21 days. Ooh. So that's a long time to not, you know, be able to, to play there. But uh, they're going to try to do an eight, nine game season. The title game will also feature the coolest concept I've actually seen come to life where everybody gets a title game based on your ranking versus division. So we will have last place probably Illinois Rutgers playing each other. So you'll get to see that as well as the extra game pumped about that. Really do want to see the PAC 12 as well there. It would be great to, to bring all five of the big five in there and they should be, they have the testing in place to do so. Uh, hopefully Slovis's letter to our fine our, uh, our governor, governor out yeah. here um, in California um, helps and we can get everybody going. Yeah, uh, definitely don't want to let baseball get, you know, overshadowed. We're, we're gearing up for a crazy pennant race and Lord knows what to expect. They're going to have a bubble. We just saw that as well. Um, I know basketball's in the final four. You're pumped about the Lakers. The Clippers blew a 3-1 lead in just terrible fashion. But again, I like to stay positive. Shout out to the Nuggets for battling the whole way through. Great to see. Two 3-1 comebacks in this playoffs. Heat took game one of the Celtics the day after that as we record it, so... That'll probably be a long one there. And shout out to the Dallas Stars who made the Stanley Cup final. Josh, they started the season 1-7-1. and one, Had the coaching change, some some issues there behind the bench. End of the lock, end of the, before the COVID shutdown, 1-7-1, and one, same record. And here they are in the Stanley Cup final. So Remarkable. They get there in five over Vegas. Islanders staying alive in Tampa. Again, like the NBA, NHL league that the players bought into bubble life, making some sacrifices. And uh, we really hope they get rewarded for it. So I couldn't agree more. And to see these, like you said, the the athletes buying in to get the to get to play the sports that they love is what you want to see as a a, a sport fan. Um, 
as a fan of sports, excuse me, you want to see that and you want to see them working their butts off to, to get there and to, to lift that trophy at the end. It's super exciting, and we are going to turn our attention in uh, just a moment here to the U.S. Open 2020 edition. We got your buddy coming on. We've been yeah. setting this up in a way, your buddy David Barcott, we're going to call in. And uh, before we do, tell us a little something about David and his golf wherewithal, because you've, you've been passionately angling for this. And uh, I, I'm, I'm very happy to set this up and let this happen, because you know golf, and if you vouch for someone, I obviously know they know it as well. Well, he's, uh, I've known him since kindergarten. He's a um, great athlete, played uh, golf and soccer in college, and uh, played down at Servite in uh, Orange County, a private school. Um, uh, we're the same age as Tiger, so he played against Tiger and some events um, back in high school and uh, went on to become a PGA teaching pro and had s- since transitioned on from that, but uh is a great guy, great player. We met uh, mm-hmm. at Riviera, w- one of the last events before the the lockdown happened. But um, yes, it should be fun. He knows a lot, and uh, he'll be able to add a lot to the conversation. So, thank you for having him on, and uh, look forward to talking to talking some golf, which we all love. And I just want to briefly say, on your recent uh, trip back home, you did get the sticks I out did. and busted them out. So I did. You're going to have the itch back, and it's fun to see. So I did. I'm a lefty, terrible golfer, <laughs> but I can hit a few good ones. So uh, And mental. That's what we. That's what the name of the game is. Get your mental right, and you'll be better. So we'll call him now. Josh Wynn, Mitch Michaels, David Barcott. Here's the 2020 U.S. Open preview on the Money Mitch Effect. All right, it's the 2020 U.S. Open preview on the Money Mitch Effect. Josh Whitten now joined by our guest, a good friend of Josh's from all the way back to, he's already alluded to, kindergarten. That's a long ways away, I think, at this point. But David Barakat, thanks for joining the show. Appreciate you joining us to talk some golf. Yeah, it should be fun. Can't wait. We're getting ready for the 120th edition of the U.S. Open at Winged Foot, Southeast New York. And uh, Josh, we were going over this before. Six U.S. Open that this course has had. First since 2006. I think anybody that has a casual interest in golf remembers 06. If they don't remember is at winged foot, you can just name a couple couple players in that 72nd hole and the memories just pop right up. Absolutely. And I don't even think people could name the winner that week, which was Jeff Ogilvy. But, uh, but with what happened to Phil and what happened to Colin Montgomery, both or Colin never won the U.S. Open and finished near the top many, many times. But uh, this course is as we will get into, but as Tiger mentioned, one of the hardest layouts possible and um, looking for some really, really fun golf this week. So David, we're going to start with this, the overwhelming favorite, as far as an overwhelming favorite could be in this day and age with how good the tour is, is the hottest golfer on tour on the course. Obviously I talk about plus 850 Dustin Johnson, who's been on fire. It's been uh, surreal. Wins the wins the FedEx Tour Championships. It all really started. I think we can all agree. June twenty seventh, that Travelers Championship round, when he shot sixty one for his career low round. We've seen David. We've seen DJ have these flashes of brilliance, go crazy. He was also the fifty four hole leader at the PGA Championships. Didn't win it out there, but still was playing some good golf and kept it going. How, if, if there is the case, how is it different for him this time? How is he playing some of his best ball, golf? And can he sustain it on arguably, as Josh said, one of the most difficult courses in the country? Yeah, I think it's going to be um, pretty tough for him with, with this golf course. 
Strokes gained, you know, off the tee, he's decent. Accuracy, he's okay. But I think John Rom, I think is playing a little bit better, even though, you know, he, uh, even though DJ won the, the FedEx Cup. It's hard to kind of take a look at DJ when it comes to the FedEx, when he had obviously a, a, a two-stroke lead over the, the, the person behind him and obviously a 10-stroke lead over the, the last guy. So, um, but I think John Rom, you know, takes the cake on this one with all of his uh, all of his factors going into it. So it's uh, I think it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, Rom lurking at 10 to 1 and, uh, you know, winning the BMW championships in Chicago, one of the most dramatic endings, beating DJ in the playoff there. Josh, the quote that DJ had about this course, and we'll get into what Tiger said in a second, but just said one of the harder ones I've ever played, but it's fair. Nothing really tricky about it. You just got to hit good shots, and that's a layman's term example of what they're going to be, <laughs> what they're going to be facing. But yep. that's kind of his mentality: is that, hey, it's tough. We know it's tough. This is what we signed up for. We're professionals. Hundred percent. And I think this run of we we can't forget Brooks's comment. And Brooks isn't playing this week, but Brooks's comment when they were up the coast here at Harding Park, and Brooks alluding to the fact that Dustin hasn't really gotten it done. And that probably propelled Dustin on this run he's been on. Four great weeks in a row. Took a week off last week, but getting right back into it. And I concur with David about uh, Rom probably being a better pick this week with his accuracy. Um, but you can't count, obviously can't count DJ out. And um, he's right. It, it is right there in front of you. None of these guys are really complaining. Uh, most U.S. Opens will hear comments from the peanut gallery about how the course is set up unfairly and this and that. And they're trying to identify the best golfer of the, for the week. And uh, this wing foot will certainly do that this week. And I don't think there will be too many complaints lofted throughout the week. No, that's fair. And, and, and I just think, you know, you bring up, you guys bring up a good point on Rom and, and his accuracy and David, I'll just toss this your way. What other type of golfers, I mean, who, whose else game should I suit, should I say, whose else game is suited for doing well on this course? You see Justin Thomas, at, you know, I keep throwing up betting odds, 14 to 1, mm-hmm. a lot of action on this guy. People are expecting big things from him, whereas a guy like Bryson DeChambeau not getting as much love, and some would say, okay, it's because he can bomb it, but where is it going to go right. on this course? So who else do you yeah. think this course suits? Well, that's a great question because um, <clears throat> with this rough, I really feel like it's two ends of the spectrum. It's the guys that can bomb it and the guys that can't hit fairways. I feel like the, the, the guys in the middle are going are gonna to struggle a little bit because they are hitting a, a decent you know, distance, but if they're into the rough, they're, they're, they're going to struggle. But the guys that really bomb it um, will have an advantage when it comes to that rough. And the guys that hit it in the fairway will have, yeah, they might have a four iron in, but um, they're in the middle of the fairway. So I think I think it's the two ends of the spectrum. I don't think it's the guys in the middle, the you know, that hit it a decent way, but you know, may may not hit the fairway. So I, I think that factors in. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to Bryson, I, I don't see him as a favorite this week. He does bomb it, but and he is number one strokes game off the tee. You know, coming in from from last year. But his accuracy is just horrible. And, and the reason why he is strokes gain a leader last year is because the rough's not like this every week. You know, they, they hit him to rough. Yeah, he can hit wedge up there. But this rough, one, it's 8 to 12 inches. 
Mm. Two, there's no gallery to stomp down the rough. Um, so if he does hit it way, way right, it's still long. Um, so I think there's some factors that, um, that go against them. And I think lastly, you know, if you want to get technical, his, his golf swing is a little bit shallower than most. And so coming through the grass, it, it, it makes it a little bit more difficult to, uh, to get to the golf ball. Um, there's going to be more grass between the club face and the, in the ball. And, and that's just going to be uh, very difficult coming into these hard, fast greens. So I think, uh, I think Bryson's at a disadvantage this week, even though he can bond. Yeah, he had that run of seven straight top tens, uh, struggled since, mm-hmm. had, had his issues, mm-hmm. not just related to his game, but kind of his mental as well. And I'll, and I'll toss this one up to you guys, getting into the technical side of things. His quote was interesting. Obviously saying he's going to hit as far as he possibly can, but says he's working on testing a 48-inch driver. And, uh, yeah. I mean, I heard that, you know, and he also threw out – it's currently, you know, he's got a 45 and a half inch shaft, but he's going with the 48 inch driver. It's just going to happen. We'll see how far I can go. So he's doubling down on his strengths is what it sounds like to me, but I don't know if that's the winning yeah, strategy. That, that, that's going to go far. It is. <laughs> it's going to go really, really far. Is it going to be, uh, is it going to be accurate? And to throw a new club into the bag this week when you want to be firing on all cylinders probably isn't the best decision, but he knows his game and he knows his strengths and we'll see what that's happens. That's the Phil Mickelson approach. Yeah. You know, just with that another driver that then, you know, five different wedges, that, that's Phil's approach. But yeah, I mean, 48 inches, you're you're adding three inches to standard. And that increases it from, I mean, he's going to add probably nine miles an hour to his club head speed, which is <laughs> astronomical. Yeah. He, he's going to be hitting it over 400. <laughs> so. Wow. It, that's, um, I, I did not know that, actually. So that, it's going to be interesting to see. Well, maybe it's a good thing there's not a gallery then. <laughs> I mean, in that case. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speak, speaking of which, Josh, I'll ask you this question. On this course, do you foresee there being an advantage one way or the other to where you start? Is it going to be better early on to get out there early, later in the day, based on the course, based on the weather, all the conditions that go into golfing at Wingfoot there? Will an earlier or later start help? I think getting off early before the, the greens have been too trampled is always a good thing. Uh, players talk about that often. As Dave mentioned, there are no galleries, so any shot into the rough, um, unless you're lucky you're where Marshall was standing and stomping down the grass, you're going to be hitting out of the long, long rough. The weather, I don't believe they're foreseeing any too anything too bad throughout the week. But um, the player that can get the ball in the best position – from T to green is obviously going to be at a, at an advantage. There's the third hole here, for instance, and when Billy Mayer, Billy Casper, excuse me, won back here in the '60s, he laid up on a par three every single time. It made four straight pars. The holes three thirty, two thirty eight. It's a long par, um, long par three. And Webb Simpson said this week already that he's hitting his three hybrid club as opposed to his five wood and the three hybrids going to land short every single day, but he knows he can play from there for instance. So it's just, it's, it's knowing your game and knowing your strengths and playing to those strengths is what's going to put you in the best position to win. You spoil that Webb Simpson is a sneaky, good value bet this week. He really mm-hmm. is. Uh, He's in the twenty twenty five range and you know, he, he, like you said, I mean, there's, <laughs> There's positive things to like about and how the, he's playing and how he matches up he, with this course. And Dave, I'll let you go after this, but he's he a former U.S. Great. Open winner, so uh, <laughs> yeah. he's going to be playing from the short grass all week, and it's a it's a good uh, it's a good bet, definitely. Yeah, no, I, I like Webb a lot. 
you know, what is he, plus 2,500? <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that's a pretty good bet. He's putting the best he's ever putted in his life. Yeah, Peter Green, um, it, it, it's a smart bet, definitely. Money Mitch Effect here, David Barcott, Josh Wynn, 2020 U.S. Open preview. And uh, I just got to say also, this is kind of my favorite type of majors when you have that young, on the heels of that young in Morikawa, first-time major champion, that you think, okay, there's potential to win more. Will it happen? How soon will it happen? He comes in with the same odds as Rory McIlroy, 16 to 1. Both have had, you know, complete opposite, different the last couple months. But starting with Morikawa first, uh, David, I know everybody in California was proud to see what he was able to do and how he won that PGA Championship, specifically going for his shots and having his moment. This is a whole nother ball game now. Now, now you're the now you're the hunted. So. Do you think he can handle the? Do you think he can handle the pressure of being a major champion right away? Is it going to take some time? It's a pretty tough test to have to have to take right after winning your first one. Yeah, um, he's a really good player, but coming you know coming off the PGA, I, it's just really hard to you know win back to back. Only a few people have done that. You know, not back to back as far as PGA, but back to back majors and. The only the flaw that I can see him, especially with these greens, is, is possibly his putty. The videos I've seen of this, these greens are just lightning quick. And, and that's, that's Mark Howard's downfall. Tita Green, he's spectacular, you know, really good ball striker. But I think this is going to be a, a huge test for him. Not to say you, he, he might not, you know, he can finish top 10, top 20. But I, I really don't think uh, as a pick going into it, it, it it's a hard one for me to uh, – to put my money on right now, just just because of uh, just history, you know, winning right. winning a PGA and then going into a, a U.S. Open with fast greens, and they're saying this course is, you know, extremely tough, probably one of the toughest courses they'll ever see, and it's just going to be a tall order for him, I think. We never see PGA to U.S. Open in general, so it's <laughs> nice that he's getting a chance to kind of break the mold here. But I agree, if he finishes top ten, I mean that's that's an incredible yeah. achievement coming off of what he did, and mm-hmm. something to be very proud yeah, of. Agree. Rory yep. was the one, Josh, I wanted to get your opinion on because he's a guy, I think, at this point where he's looking at majors. Like, yep. I mean, what else can he really prove outside of the major season other than try to rack up some more and improve his, his legacy? He's been a consistent you know, top finisher, just hasn't won as many majors as you would have thought. No, it's and it's been six years. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, mm-hmm. he just had the baby. That might let him play a little freer, but... If we do this again in two months' time before the Masters, I'd pick him there, um, oh, and not okay. not here. Um, I just think it's it's too hard. He's not sleep deprived. He said he arrived there on Sunday, so he's gotten to look at the course, gotten to see it, got to plot his way around and figure out his strategy for the week. But I just think with his wife having just delivered and the baby being his primary focus, it's going to be hard for him to win this week. Yeah, it's not an ideal situation, and I think there's a lot of other factors in there. There's a lot of other players, frankly, that we like better that have been have been tuning up and maybe getting ready for this a little more. Uh, another name I want to throw out there before I forget, Tony Finau, what he's been able to do. We, we keep thinking that he might be able to break through. You know I'm a fan of his. Love him. Six top ten major finishes since t- 2018. Him and Brooks Kepka. that's the list there, so... David, I don't know how you feel about that, but I feel like he's always been a consistent threat to be in the mix, but for whatever reason, that final round on Sunday just leaves you wanting a little more. Yeah, he um, he's an interesting one. I mean, his game is 
top to bottom is really good. His downfalls, maybe his putting. But, um, yeah, just Sunday, I don't know if it's the pressure that gets to him or the um, or what, but he just cannot close a deal. I mean, his, he's only won once. Well, it's four years ago. And it just, yeah, he's in the top ten. But that doesn't um, that doesn't put you in the history books, mm-hmm. and I think it's the pressure. The pressure gets to him, um, and um, I, I can't count on him until I actually see it done before. And that's it's an interesting one to say the least. Maybe my favorite bet though is plus two seventy five top ten. Like just I, I feel yeah. like it's there. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's a, a rational take at this point. Uh, Josh yeah. Tiger Woods thirty three to one has clearly said this course is hard probably behind Oakmont is as the second hardest course that he's played haven't seen a lot of tiger what we have seen hasn't really been great especially his putting and that's what it's going to come down to this week you cannot I mean no one I I don't believe Mm -hmm. anybody in this field will get around four rounds without three putting but you have to avoid the three putts and you with the contours of these greens and the size is the size of the greens are way bigger especially from where they were last year at pebble beach but you're going to have to to play your shots to a quadrant of the green and if you're not in that quadrant it's going to be difficult and there's going to be as dave mentioned they're rolling they're probably going to have them the usga will probably have them up to rolling 13 you saw that half on the step saw the video of the caddies i forget who it was they were just 42 yards (laughs) he Um, rolled it up to the back fringe and it rolled all the way back off the front of the green I mean, it, 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 you, you're going to have to miss yeah. miss in the right places. You cannot short side yourself this week. And I mean, David and I, two guys born and raised in Cypress, California, are not ever going to root against Tiger. But he has a long week ahead of him, and he needs to hit the ball off the tee well. He needs to pick his spots with his driver. As we know, that could be a problem with him if he lays back with the five wood or the three wood and is hitting from the short grass. He's going to have a, a, a decent shot this week because he's a great iron player. Yeah. But he, I, I saw him um, on live from the U.S. Open this morning on Golf Channel. He has his old uh, Scotty Cameron back in the bag. He's not using nice. the one, um, the one he's won thirteen of his fourteen or fourteen, excuse me, of his fifteen majors with. He did get it for the first time uh, regripped. I saw yeah. that, and Aaron Oberholzer was freaking out this morning when he was talking about it, but. Uh, he's got a cord grip on there, which and Aaron and him go back 20 plus years playing together. And Aaron's like, I remember him playing with that, you know, 25 years ago. Um, so David, please expand on this. But, uh, Tiger's always, when he tees it up, he tees it up to win and no one, especially him, he's not going to ever make an excuse about the course. And no. that that's the thing no. about um, him and Nicholas and and the best players ever. They don't they don't complain about the course because they think the players that do complain about the course they're at a disadvantage already and they've already right. beaten themselves. Mm-hmm. So yeah, because I, yeah, I definitely I agree to that. Um, his driving has been really good lately. His iron play has been you know mediocre to good. It's his putting. I mean, last year he finished what 183rd strokes gain on the greens. That's, I mean, that's atrocious. I mean, <laughs> that is just it's really, really bad. And so hopefully this new grip, which is uh exact replica of Steve Stricker's cord grip, hopefully he channels Steve Stricker on these greens this week and he could uh, he can put something together. But, um, yeah, I'm always pushing for Tiger. I mean, last time he played here, unfortunately his dad right. just passed away and he shot 76-76, I believe. And, you know, he won the next major. But, um, but yeah, that uh, last time – Hopefully he doesn't bring back 
bad memories uh, going into this week. I see this. I mean, it, it it seems like it could go one of two dramatically different ways based on all the intel we're getting. Because yeah, he could have a solid as you guys as you guys laid out. He could have a very solid week if everything goes right and falls into place. He has plus one fifty not to make the cut. Those are not as dramatic odds as we've pretty much ever seen from him. Uh, so we'll see there. Last one before we get into some other picks and whatnot. Uh, the third most bet on golfer is Phil Mickelson right now with those <laughs> hundred to one odds. And I know Josh just got to chuckle at that. It's Phil. I mean, he he contrary to Tiger, Phil sprays it all over the map, and um, he was successful a couple weeks ago on the Slimming Champions down. Tour. He he looks astronomically different than when he did when he was 36 years old at uh, the 2006 U.S. Open. The, the, the pictures of that are yeah. incredible to see the difference in how the he's accountability, he says, right? Yes. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know for sure, Josh, it's tough because it probably pains you that he's become more likable in the last five years. It has. The fireside <laughs> chats have really helped. <laughs> um, you're right, Mitch. Um, he was never one of my favorite golfers, but I think with what Tiger went through um, – and their relationship has changed a lot over the last few years. And I think they are now kind of the Arnie and Jack of when Tiger and Phil were younger. And these younger players are looking up to them. And they're dispensing their wisdom and their knowledge on these younger kids. And they've really embraced that. I, I think it's great for the game of golf. And I think it's good for both of them moving forward. And to follow Phil in a little nicer um <laughs> yeah, who did he call cheap? Was that Kucher? Kucher's yeah. well, like, <laughs> no. notoriously cheap, but, but that everybody, everybody, also, calls. everybody calls him. Okay. But Tiger can also be called cheap um, from the annals of the sport yeah. of golf. Well, it, it's the missing piece. I don't think he'll get there, but it, it's just crazy how that's the one he hasn't gotten. And uh, I remember the Stenson one where it was like, well, this might never happen because <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what did he do to deserve that final round put up against him? Uh, last thing uh, I want to throw at you, David, um, I forgot to mention, we got the drama pairing of Spieth and Patrick Reed. So I'm going to be looking. That might be my favorite round to follow uh, of the first one. Uh, those two. I mean, Spieth is, what was the quote last week? Um, if he didn't double bogey the last hole, he would have been closer to, or closer to still not making the cut. Like, he, he's just not playing good golf. Patrick Reed, you know, not playing horrible but it's going to be interesting to see the you know them too it's they're not my favorite golfers but uh i'm sure a lot of people can say that about patrick but um but yeah it's going to be an interesting one you know going into this week steve doesn't uh, i mean what are the odds on him missing the cut making the cut do you know do you have those yeah i can pull that up i was just going to mention as well with uh with speeth Guy was the talk of golf, Josh, uh, a couple of years ago. It just hasn't happened for him. Uh, it's been dramatic and unfortunate. I mean, he's still super young, but to go from where he was to not even really being a, a factor, and that's a pretty dramatic drop. It really is, and it just proves goes to show how fickle this game of golf can be. And it's mental, and he's certainly, who knows if it needs to be a swing, a swing coach uh, change or what, but... Um, Something needs to change with this game, and this is kind of an anomaly year with the quarantine and stuff, but um, 
I've seen a lot of people picking Patrick Reed this week, which is surprising to me. I feel like he needs the crowd there but to boom I know, to get him going. I think get a little fired up, and it's you know that would happen. And that's one of the things Tiger mentioned in his press conference the other day. He loves these New York crowds, and that's probably one of the downfalls of Phil this week. Is you know, like you said, Patrick Reed needs the crowds to fire him up. Phil needs the crowds to support him, and everybody supports Tiger. So it. it, it all of them who can compartmentalize this and just put their focus on their games are more than likely going to come out on top or near the top. Yeah, Spieth is plus 105 to make the cut, minus 135 to miss. <laughs> so that should tell you, that should tell you all you need. Yeah, I know where my money's going. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, all right. Uh, money Mitch Effect, Josh Witten, David Barkout. We're talking 2020 U.S. Open. We can throw around some other predictions, other uh, favorite bets and whatnot. Uh, I'll just start with one that I saw recently that I love. You can actually get a prop on who will be the best former winner. What will be the best finish? From a U.S. Open champion? From a champion? U.S. Open champion. Okay. And the one I love of that list is Webb, Simps- Webb Simpson plus 550 of the of the bunch. We talked about him. All he has yeah. to do is finish ahead of all the other guys in the tournament that have won this. Oh, oh I love a, that bet. That's a great mm-hmm. bet. Yeah. Yeah, because Brooks I, I, isn't there. Exactly. That's part of the reason too, because I feel because when you bet against Brooks in that capacity of head to head, you yeah. just feel frightened. Uh, that is. A I mean, the, the only other ones, not to interrupt, but the only other ones that you know I'd obviously be concerned about would be, you know, Rory and uh, who's actually yeah. Martin Keimer, who's playing really well. So that would be. Um, I think if you go past Rory, I don't even know if they're in the field past 2011, 2010. Brian McDowell. Is, I, I don't know if he's in the in the field or not uh, yeah it's because it's within 10 years so but yeah i think uh, i think web simpson's a great pick for that one other players josh i know last time we did this before the pga you threw out a lot of names a okay. lot of good performances a couple bad ones couple but bad that's ones, to be expected yeah who else you thinking could be in the mix well i mentioned him along with morikawa for harding park and a local kid as well matthew wolf and to stay on the theme of what a, Wolf. What a final round of his. Oh, that gosh. was incredible. And he's another one like Rom, who is incredibly with a combination of distance and accuracy off the tee, which is going to play right into his hands this week. Um, to stay with the Matthew theme, Matthew Fitzpatrick is another one. Um, I think both of those guys can do really well and have a nice week this week. I still think, and we haven't even mentioned him yet, but uh, – my pick for the week, I'm going to give it right here, is Xander Shoffley. I'm not going out on a limb. He's seventh wow. in the world, but he's finished 5-6-3 in his last three U.S. Opens. So he's not afraid. He knows it's going to be tough. He knows what he needs to do, and he's been playing pretty well recently. So that's my pick for the week. I'd love to hear who you guys or you two think um, can come out on top and raise that trophy, but um, – Right now, until I hear what David's going to say, I don't want to steal all his thunder here and steal all his picks. But um, I'm going to go with Matthew Wolf and Matthew Fitzpatrick. Both, I believe, 65 to 1, too. So if you want to throw a few bucks on him, it's worth it. Wow. All right, David, how, how are we feeling? Those are some bold picks you have to follow there. Yeah, I, I do I do love Xander. Um, that kid is cool. Golf swing's really good. He, he just has it all. But I think... <laughs> I mean, these might be somewhat of, you know, maybe sleepers for people that don't know golf, but I really like Tommy Fleetwood. Oh, I really like Tommy Fleetwood. Um, One of my favorites. He's coming into the week playing well. He played uh, second or third 
last week in, in Europe. And the other one is, is Harris English. I really like Harris English. He's swinging really well right now. He has his game back. And when he's on his game, he can go really low. And going really low could be even part of, you know, one over here. So um, they might be considered sleepers. You know, Fleetwood's 16 in the world. Harris is 45. But um, I really like those two guys. Yeah, I mean, especially Xander, to get back to yours, Josh, uh, comes in one of the favorites we didn't get to touch on, but uh, it wouldn't surprise many people. Fleetwood would be in that surprising range, but he's still still a pretty damn good golfer, as we know. What about, before I get to my stuff, I want to get the guys you think are going to flame out. Maybe not necessarily, I mean, I think we already put Spieth on the list collectively, but players that, you know, are going to struggle this weekend. Yeah, well, we already touched on on one, Jordan Spieth. Um, I don't know if flaming out, because he's already flamed out maybe, but um, I don't think he's going to play well at all. It's just it's just too too tight, too, um, too penal in the rough. He might be playing, you know, he might be putting well, but um, you, you have to get to the green. Phil, I don't believe he's going to play well. Um, and then, I, like I said before, I don't think Bryson, his game right now, yes, he played well earlier but i think his, his trend right now is, is is going down i don't think he's gonna um have a great week yeah i'm with you on bryson i don't see it happening for him last time i'm gonna keep it going josh with uh, dj i didn't i mean i was wrong until the final day but uh i could see a step back for him unfortunately as a dj fan as you know 100%. I mean, he's obviously going to put a lot of pressure on himself considering um, his recent stretch of success. Uh, and it's, unless you're Tiger Woods, nobody sustains that, especially through a major. Um, the windfall of winning $15 million, and I, mean, I know he doesn't need it, but that, that that's got to make you at least take a step back in a, in a breath and be like, okay, wow, th- th- that's helpful. And I know these guys are playing w- for way more for the money or than, than the money, excuse me. But uh, I can concur with, with Dustin and um, definitely with DeChambeau. We haven't brought up once yet, I don't think today, JT. He, he obviously has all the tools, but hasn't played incredibly well this year. He's r- always right there. But uh, his putting, I think, is, has been his downfall. And on these huge greens, that that's potentially could lead to disaster for him um, in terms of missing the cut. I'm going to stick with my guns from uh, – which did not come through <laughs> just up the, uh, up the road up in San Francisco, but Justin Rose. Um, mm. I, I, I do not see a great week out of him, but – Either do I. Uh, he could come, come five. Excuse me, he could come top five again, like he did up at Harding Park, and make me look like an amateur that I am. I wanted to bring up one other name. I forgot the the man that very well could have been coming into this tournament as the reigning major champion. You know, Paul Casey, fifty five to one. If Morikawa doesn't just hit the shot of his life, we may be having a different conversation, and the odds are different. So he's somebody else out there. I like Finau. I'm also we're going to keep the California theme going. 33 to one, Patrick Cantlay. Let's see what he's got coming up for this course. I would love to see Pat win. Uh, I have known him for a long time and always support what he brings out there. He's calm. He's cool. He's collected. Doesn't get too high. Doesn't get too low. And I mean, if you can be a sleeper at 11th in the world, then right. great. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, he's just not playing that well coming into this. Unfortunately, missing the the tour championship and 
But hopefully, I mean, hopefully he doesn't think about that stuff. He just uh, sticks to his game. And that's what's something uh, of his caliber as a former runner-up in the in the USAM and uh, knowing you're going to have to stay patient all week. You cannot get ahead of yourself. It's shot to shot. You can always throw him in the mix because he's one of those guys that doesn't have to win. at. And, and look, Dustin proved it by winning at 30 under par and at, I mean, what cumulatively at the – in, at East Lake, he was what ten under par or twelve mm-hmm. under par? Excuse me. Right. And he was right there in the mix in Chicago when Rom won um, at close to even par. So he, yes, these guys, there's horses for courses, but there's also players that love the the challenge of playing par golf. And I can say right now that the winner will be over par. The winner at Wingfoot in all of the U.S. Opens has been under par once, and that was Fuzzy Zeller in a playoff over Greg Norman oh, yeah. back in 84. So this is a brutal course, and with the rough up, and like Dave mentioned earlier, with no spectators to, to stamp it down, there's going to be some high scores this week. And uh, I look forward to that because I love how difficult the United States Championship and the United States Open is presents itself to the players. Okay. I think that pretty much does it. I think we're ready. I, I think I'm going to go web to get another one based on all the insight you guys had. I was looking at different picks, but I, you know, you got to have the more, the safe, the golfer that's mm-hmm. mentally there. Love to see Patrick do it. Love to see Tony do it. Obviously tiger getting one would be insane as well, but uh, that's where I'm at right now. Anything else? Any final thoughts? Any, uh, anything? yeah, I think there's a, there's a few more sleepers, um, guys coming, coming off of, uh, uh last week in the, Safeway Open. I think Ches Reedy is a really, really good pick. He hits it extremely straight, and he's a really good putter. Brendan Todd, you know, has been playing well since the the driver yips, you know, two years ago. Has a, a few wins under his belt, and he's he another one that hits it extremely straight. And like I mentioned before, you know, obviously Harris English, but Kevin Streelman played really well last week. And in the biggest, I think, factor when you're looking into how people are going to do is, is current form. And when you look at last week's tournament, you know, if, if you're playing well, you can keep it going. Um, yeah. Sometimes there's a letdown on, on the people that win. Uh, oh, we won. So, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to press it, but the guys that come in, you know, top 10 are still feeling it and they're hungry. And I think um, those are a few guys that I think would be, uh, would be a good pick, including even Hideki Matiyama. So, Ooh. um, just to, just to add a few. I'm going to throw two more in the mix because you didn't mention your favorite player, Mark Leishman, like you would have told me <laughs> to mention. Well. And <laughs> That's why. I'm going to throw in Brandon Grace. I think the South African can play smart, and if he lifts the trophy yeah. at the end of this week, I'm glad that I just mentioned yeah. him. There he, you go. Yeah, he holds the championship major <laughs> major record, right? 62? We'll try yes. We'll try next time to get everybody in the field a <laughs> shout-out on this show. Yeah. Um, but the, the last thing, I, the last thing I'll say, Josh, is if you're really feeling it, it's plus four hundred. If it's over par champion final score, that's the you know that might be the way to go. I, I like the I, U.S. I Open. I love that. I love the U.S. Open. I love to see the pros have to struggle. I mean, I think it's great and figure it out. And yeah. uh, maybe it's good not to just have you know pros just shred the golf course early on in the tournament. I so. could not agree more. We're excited. I love that bet. I love that bet. Over par. I think it's going to be close to, you know, 2006. Oof. It's going to be it's 5-1, five five, right? Ogilvy won at 5-1. Yeah, 5-1. Yeah. Yep. Insane. 
All right, guys, this was a pleasure. Josh Wooden, thanks again for coming in the studio. David Barcott, thanks for calling in. This was a blast. Thank and, you. Uh, that was fun. I'll have to have you back on as well. We'll see if we can collect our winnings and, and have some good predictions in there. Let it roll over to the Masters. Cheers, Mitch. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank the, you. Thanks, everybody, for listening to The Money Mitch Effect. Until next time, check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. I'm Mitch Michaels. Keep enjoying sports, and we'll see you.